Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I'm super excited today because I'm joined by a guest who makes me laugh out loud, which is pretty rare. I'm joined by none other than Pinky Patel, who is a PTA mum turned comedian who produces amazing content. So welcome, Pinky. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me, Jen. This is exciting. It's exciting. I love doing podcasts. I don't, I never thought I would like talking about myself, um, but I found new love for it recently. (laughs) Normally as a parent, as a daughter, as a wife, as all of these hats that we wear as women caretakers, we, we hardly ever get to talk about ourselves. And so, you know, I've gone, I've gone literally 41 years whatever without ever having to talk about myself too much and now when people are like oh i would love to have you on my podcast i'm like let's do it let's figure it out dive right in there so i want to talk about how one day you're a mum, and then the next you're like yeah i think maybe i could do some comedy can you talk me through that was it like just a spark of an idea had it been murmuring on in the background like how did that come into fruition for you i mean it's it's a pretty it's not an entertaining story let me put it that way it was um, just like everybody else. It was the beginning of the pandemonium, right? We were a couple of weeks in to this quantum leap and everybody's like, don't leave your house. You know, we've never spent so much time with our roommates, ones that we are supposed to love, but we don't always like them, right? And and I, I'm, I've always been fiercely independent. So I've always, I've loved being able to leave my home, go to work for eight hours and then come back. Cause I felt like that was the best of both worlds, right? I can be with other people during the day, do my job and then come home, be with my family. So like, I'm not one of those females that's like, oh my God, I just, I just love my family and my kids and just, oh my God, I love, them. like, I need a balance, right? And so I had gotten frustrated with just what was going on, like the fact that I was having to cook so much. And I was like, I've never cooked so much in my damn life. These people eat all the time. I was like, who was feeding them before this happened? It wasn't me because I wasn't making all this food. Where I wasn't was buying it from? <laughs> exactly. It was like, was I giving it to them? And I just didn't know. And so then I started making content and I didn't even read. It was never like, a, yeah, I'm funny. Let me do it. It was just let me just try it. Let's see what happens. I have a funny yeah. reaction. And I know a lot of my stuff is reactionary. Like I, we see something and then we have a reaction of it. Right. Or I do. And then hopefully it's funny. Hopefully it's not. I don't, I don't cater to any one particular group. I just cater to myself. Yeah. And so if I think it's funny, I'm going to post it. And if I don't think it's funny, I'm not going to post it. Right. Like um, if I can't make myself laugh, I can't expect to make other people laugh who don't even know me. Right. And so mm-hmm. I just started and then it just kind of snowballed. It just, it took off and then it just kept going and going. And then now we're here two years later, Yeah, (laughs) a year and a half later, a year and a half later, maybe. So how did people that were close to you react when you started to kind of get that momentum and like a lot of people going, yeah, she's kind of funny. They they were, they were shocked and, and I still get it. So like, People that know me, I call it before social media. So BSM is before <laughs> social media and yeah. ASM after social media. So right. it's like two different worlds. BSM, it was, you know, these were people that I've talked to every day or I worked with or whatever, go to PTA meetings with and because of PTA, kids going to school together. Now we're good friends, best friends. Right. And so after they were like, oh my God, my cousin that doesn't know you just sent me your video what am I supposed to say to them? I'm like, well, you could tell them, you know me, just don't tell them where my kids go to school. Like, yeah. don't tell them personal stuff. And like, okay, cool. And so 
luckily my you know my in real life friends were deaf were very like how do you want us to handle this i think it's cool because it's like oh my god how did you find her she's my friend i've known her for like 10 years and i thought she was funny but i didn't think anybody else would and i was like me neither girl me neither <laughs> okay so if this they they think they love it i haven't really met anybody face to face who's like well you're not that funny i don't even know why it's happening I don't, maybe they're just scared to come out of the woodwork uh, or they're waiting until I maybe hit it real big and then they'll come out of the woodwork. I'm always curious with sort of content and because it's not sort of a traditional comedic kind of path that you've taken, obviously you go on TikTok, which always makes me giggle that you call it, do you call it the talking, what do you call it, the ticking talks or the talking tick, whatever. It makes me giggle. So do you kind of constantly look at that? Do people send you information? How do you stay across like what's relevant, what's trending? I mean, apart from obviously news feeds and information. Um, I, I take a look at what people tag me in. Those are like whatever they, whatever I see a lot of tags in something. Um, and also, I mean, I'm also a consumer, right? And so when it's late at night and I just have a couple hours of just me time where nobody is expecting anything from me and I'm mindlessly scrolling, I might see something and I'm like, yeah, and I'll save it and see if I have the same reaction the next morning when I'm not tired and exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> um, usually I have the same reaction, so it works out. I, I rarely ever make a video on the spot because I want to make sure my response is not something snarky, something mean, unless it's warranted, unless it's warranted, right? Because um, the last thing I, I set out to do is hurt anyone's feelings. I'm just trying oh. to have a good time. Um, if somebody deserves to get their feelings hurt, I will step in and do that. I have no problem mom shaming somebody, like, you know, being that mom and and, and throwing that pinky splaining out there, just, just be like, are you serious right now? Yeah. I will dummy shame you with no problem. That's yeah. what we call it, dummy shaming. I enjoy your approach because it's in some ways it reminds me a little bit of like Seinfeld and Kirby and enthusiasm where it's like everyday stuff but you're exaggerating and making it absurd and to me that's the comedic element and that's what I end up giggling out loud I think because it's tongue-in-cheek but there's a little bit of snip in there as well but it's a good balance as you said so it's uh it definitely and some of the phrases that you use I guess because of my age to like Gen Z LMNOP are like it really res <laughs> resonates <Yeah. laughs> And listen, I get, because I have a hard time with all that stuff, you know, and up until social media, up until I, I got heavily involved in social media, I really didn't think anybody else had the same views as me. Like, I didn't think I was relatable outside of like the 10 people that I knew in my life, in my real life. And then to realize now there's like across all social media, like six point something million people that are like, yeah, girl, same. I'm like, oh my God, I found my tribe. I don't care what color they are. I don't care where they live, but they found me, I found them. And now we don't feel alone anymore, right? And in everything, in all aspects, like, you know, some things might resonate more than other things. And, and we all know everybody likes dirty stuff more than the non-dirty stuff. Yeah, because we're scared to talk about that stuff because it's been such like, oh no, these subjects are taboo. So let's not talk about it. Even though we've all had the same experiences sexually or whatever, but we're just too scared to talk about them and to, to normalize it. And I'm like, no, that's why we're scared of certain things. That's why we're, you know, when we have a problem with something, we don't even, we, we're terrified of even talking to our doctors about it because we've been told, don't say anything. And it's like, well, now you're telling me I can say something to somebody because they're a medical professional, but now I don't have the words to explain what's going on with my body. And I'm like, that's not, 
that's not cool. Even if you use silly words like downstairs kitty cat and stuff like that, but at least let's start talking about it, you know? Yeah, like if you can't, yeah, it, I, I think it's a good icebreaker for people who aren't okay with the language yet, who still have a little bit of shame perhaps yeah. about it or they're just uncomfortable. It is kind of at least constructing some language that is identifying what we can talk about. So I will uh, come back to the taboo topic, but I just think it's such a great gift that, you know, humour does bring people together and couldn't we all do with like a big dose of humour and it's just quick bite size and that's why it's enjoyable. I think it's one of the greatest gifts people can offer is the ability to make other people laugh. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I teach my mom. I'm like, she's always, you know, and there's that stereotype where Indian parents, boomer parents, they always want their kids to be doctors lawyers engineers something big right something successful usually trickles down to either engineer slash it or doctor and i'm like well i'm not technically a doctor but laughter is the best medicine so i kind of roundabout way i'm a doctor yes exactly <laughs> she's like oh my yeah. god shut up <laughs> yeah she, she does not like it when i call her out on it though <laughs> i really like that you call people out who say some of the most ridiculous things about period but it is also educational we can't have people out there and about there thinking that's how we still yeah. operate so is that a topic that it seems to be it does sort of crop up a little bit so is that a topic that you care about and do you sometimes look for other topics that you're passionate about or is that just I mean it started off as luck and I'm mean, like again I kind of I don't I'm not going to say I cater to my audience but if they tag me in something if I, I, I rarely ever shy away from what they tag me in. Right. Um, and so if it's something where, you know, some tweet tweet that somebody like brought over into TikTok or something and they're like, oh, well, you know, why, why don't you wear your pad into the shower? It's like, are you, are you serious right now? Like how much water did you, do you think I, it holds? <laughs> like how much liquid did you think this thing held? Like this is not a depends. Like what are you talking about, right? You know, this is not for incontinence. Like get your head out of like what do you like? I don't I don't like to shy away from those topics because I I want to make sure that people understand. Yes, I don't always talk about that, but that doesn't mean I won't talk about it, right? Like I talk about a lot of things. There's not just one thing that I stick to. Like you know, I my niche is comedy right? Some people have dance, you, you're very passionate about periods. Some people are very passionate about like the, the health of vaginas, right? Just whatever topic other people are passionate about, nails, whatever they love, they stick to that for their content. I, I stick to whatever I wish was not a ta taboo subject when I was growing up. And that's a lot of things. I can, now I have that kind of platform where I can be like, you know what? If you're going to think that this is something that we should be ashamed of, I'm going to I'm gonna go a full different route and I'm going to make you feel stupid about this, this thing that you just posted because yeah. that's ridiculous. I wanted to move on to the construction of your character of Pinky and her evolution. So the crown and the lip balm, how did that all come about? The lip balm is because I have dry lips and so I just you know sitting the necessity <laughs> necessity and it was you know i i have chopstick everywhere um actually before all this started i only had chopstick at my desk at work and so when i would just wait for my computer to load or something and and i'm a very big fidgeter so you can't see it right now because it's below the screen but i'm usually like fidgeting with something when i'm talking and my hands kind of have to constantly be going um and so it turned into you know, while I was making videos, I was like, oh, my lips look dry. Let me just put some on. And then it just kind of became a thing. Snowballed. 
it just became a thing. Um, same, I mean, with the whole crown situation, you know, I had this little baby crown that it was this big, a baby crown. And I, I had it from like my reception and I was like, what can I do to kind of catch the audience's attention? Right. And something shiny. And I had just blasted somebody again. I did my pinky splaining thing. That was the first time I ever did something like that. Yeah. Like I gave, I, I gave an honest answer based on my own experience and then found out overnight, all these women had the same experience. And it, it was just about sex and not knowing what's going to happen. And, you know, like, like that elusive wet spot that we're always trying to not sleep on afterwards, like just stuff like that, you know? And the ridiculous walk we have to do to go to the bathroom after to clean up because again, nobody taught me that I had to learn because I just, that was my experience having sex the first time. And then it took 17 years for me to figure out how to maneuver myself in bed just so I'm not sleeping on the wet spot. You get what, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and I just got pissed off at this guy who was asking this question. And so it was like part trauma from my own experience with it, part snarkiness because when i get mad i get really sarcastic and snarky and my friends know that and so it was like a meshing of the two and then at the end i said don't learn about sex from pornos i said what i said and i just slid the comb into my hair like into my messy bun real smooth i was quite proud of myself and everybody in the comments were like girl you need a bigger crown you need a real crown like i was like i didn't even know that was a thing but okay yes, yeah yeah and then the week after i got like four crowns in my p.o box and i was like what is happening right now that's awesome i love that yeah like i don't wear them because i'm terrified of ruining them the first four crowns i ever got but you know just the fact that like and, and they and people sent it to me it wasn't like because of a brand deal or anything like it was like some a viewer sent it to me because they thought that i deserved it in my videos and i was just like this is this is fucking amazing, yeah. you know? And so beautiful I'm going to wear them. It is. And I, I mean, I need to get them organized clearly. <laughs> yes, we could have a discussion about my OCD and that construction behind you, but we won't We won't go into that. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on it. It's It's been a little busy with the tour. So I have like four weeks in December that I'm hoping to revamp. Maybe I'll record it while I'm doing it. So people yeah. can be like, finally, she did something. Let's talk about the tour. So I know you've got some tour dates coming up around the US. I mean, hopefully one day you can come to Australia. I think you'd have never-ending content. You'd just probably be baffled at some of the bizarre things that we do down here. I, I, um, want, I want to try the fairy toast. I, I definitely want to try oh, the fairy toast. Margot Robbie put it on, was it because she did it for Fallon's birthday the other day? or you just? I don't know. I don't know, but I saw it and I was like, I don't know, but I need to try sprinkles and, and, and toast. I need oh. to try it. It was like a big building block of most of our childhoods. Like if you're my age, around 40, or maybe even, I don't know, it's uh, popularity still, but it was a big thing. Let's talk about the tour. So what has that been like? Because I feel like you're really creating like a community. I've seen some of the footage that has been up and it seems like it's, I mean, stand-up comedy is always intimate as such, but what's that experience been like? It's been exciting. It's been crazy. Um, It's been it's been mind blowing just to kind of, you know, before I even get on stage, when, when the sound booth guy announces who's ready to see Pinky Patel. And like, I can hear them roaring when I'm in the green room, getting ready. I'm about to throw up in my mouth for the hundredth time before I go on stage. Wow. We might need to get uh, some reflux tablets. Or something. I know. No, like it's, I used to have stage fright growing up. 
I I was never the one that would willingly, you know, volunteer to be the first one to give the oral presentation. I'd be like, I will wait until I'm called on. I will wait until I cannot. I don't have any other option. No eye contact with anyone. <laughs> no eye contact. And like, so I, my, you know, friends that knew me growing up, they're, they're shocked that I go on stage every weekend and do shows. And I'm like, well, I get to talk, I get to talk for 75 minutes. I don't have to remember dance steps, right? Like this is something that I'm, I'm passionate about. It's not like a report that a teacher made me write. So it's, it's different. But it's the same in the fact that I'm standing in front of these people who think they know me because they watch me every day. And so there there is that level of expectation of, okay, you entertain me on my phone. Now let me see it in person. And I'm like, I'm just going to keep doing my thing. I'm going to treat this like it's it's ladies night at my house and we're having a bonfire and we're all drinking and just shooting the shit and we're going to have a good time. And I love it when I'm on stage and I can see like, all the sparkly crowns out there and all the people that make an effort to, you know, they'll research the bomber jacket I wear and they will buy it and then they'll wear it or they'll get like bedazzled glasses and they'll wear it because I have those bedazzled glasses. Like the people that just, they just like want to emulate me. And I was like, nobody has ever wanted to be like me. It's so flattering. Is it scary? Yeah, but it's also flattering, right? And so I love it. Like my vision is to do one of the big stadiums here or anywhere and see like a whole sea of hot pink shirts, black and hot pink shirts and crowns in the audience and, and just, you know, have that iconic picture of me standing on stage from the back with the audience. Like that's, that's my goal. Like that is what I want. I know I had a look, I mean, obviously, sadly, like a lot of people, a lot of bands, a lot of comedians, Australia is kind of like far and an afterthought. So, but I did see that you're going to Jacksonville and I giggled because Jerry Seinfeld's performing the same night you're performing. Yeah. I'm during the day and he's at night and I tried. And <laughs> I know. And I have, so he's one of, one of the comedians that I used to love growing up. Like yeah. you mentioned Seinfeld and I, I watched it all the time and, and I think, the reason I liked like his comedy is because it's relatable comedy. It's thing. It's just observations on daily life, and you're just yeah. like, I can't be the only one that feels this way. Yeah. And now yeah. that thinking is validated for me because otherwise, why would people buy tickets, right? Like to come see me and stuff. And now that I'm putting putting my sh- clips from my shows up, people are like, oh damn, she's doing this in real life. Like this is actually happening. So like, it's more of an incentive for them to come see the full show, right? Like I only give them. 30 seconds or a minute I'm like you know what there's like a whole 74 other minutes of this that you're gonna have a great time right um I tried to get tickets to his show but it was astronomical and I was like I'm not there yet I cannot pay that much to see Jerry Seinfeld I wish I could but I cannot so sorry next time (laughs) I'll probably be too tired I'm in all honesty like doing the shows gets really it's exhausting and whoever says it's not I'm like are you sure? Because I do it all the time. And what drugs are you I, on? Yeah. 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 Can I have some? <laughs> what, what are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? Share. I'd love to know what Pinky would think about a situation that I have created. Okay. One of my short films is called Lip Smacker. <laughs> right. And uh, I should probably have endorsement from them, but I kind of figure that they haven't because of the content. Based on a true story, when I worked in Disney World on the popcorn and cotton candy or fairy floss stands, whatever you call it. And so we just ate so much cotton candy that, and it was so hot in Florida that when we started to sweat, we were like, we actually smell like, like really sugary sweet. 
right? But then that also, also <laughs> meant that my downstairs kitty cat started yeah. to, because I was like, wow, my pee smells like watermelon. And then, of course, my vagina. So instead of clams and pineapple, we can have the excessive amounts of cotton candy. There we go. Yes. Right? That's not, it's not all that bad, people. It's all that <laughs> So, But then, I mean, I was very young at this. I was like in my early 20s. But then when I came back from America and had like a bit of male attention, I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do that I'm not eating cotton candy and like these ridiculous amounts so I my friend was like well what tastes nice I was like I don't know so I put because I was so nervous the first time I had a boyfriend after that that trip I put lip smacker on my downstairs kitty cat you put lip smacker on your downstairs lips that's what you do yeah no one specified what lips they were for it's not like it's true it doesn't say on the packaging yeah it doesn't say upstairs it says just says lip smacker i mean it's very open for interpretation that has since subsided but i i do wonder what pinky would say about that type of situation i mean as long as it's not the cinnamon flavored lip smacker then i feel like you should be okay i mean as long as you can pronounce all of the ingredients in the lip smacker chapstick, it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Upstairs lips, downstairs lips. I think you'll be fine. You just just stay away from the cinnamon one. Yeah, it's, it's a little spicy. A little. <laughs> Some people might like that though. I Some think. people. I it don't depends know. on who you're who, who's uh, going down there. <laughs> yeah. What about creating content then for the tour? How do, is it different every show? Do you adapt it depending on like what state you're in? Or is it kind of the same type of content? So say someone was like an ultra fan and they were following you around. So how, what would, would they see the same thing every night? It's, it's a mixture of the two. So there's big buckets that are the same. Like I have my big stories that I do that are the same. Um, and then, you know, I'll, I'll mix, mix and match depending on what I think of at the moment. Um, the filler stories. And so it, it it's a good combination of two. So you could, um, and, and I've asked my assistant this because I have an assistant that travels with me and she's yeah. seen every single show Amazing. since March, every single show. And so she's like, yeah, even when you do two shows in one night, they're still a little different. They're not exactly the same, which that's what comedy is. Like you can't expect comedy, like a stand-up show, a comedy show to be scripted because it doesn't sound natural when it's scripted, right? Like not all comedians are actresses or actors and not all actors or actresses are comedians, right? Like it's, it, there's a reason why it's two different professions and sometimes you can be one in the same and sometimes it just doesn't work out. Um, do I put local stuff? I try to, if I find an, a funny observation, right? I don't force myself to always put local stuff um, because then when I force myself, you'll know that it's forced and then it's not genuine. And I don't want my audience to feel that way, you know? Um, do I do I riff off of the audience? Again, it depends on who's in the audience, right? Like if there's like two rows of women and there's just one man, I'm like, dude, you are a brave fellow right now. Like you are front and center. So I hope you're ready for the show. And like, you know, little things like that. But is it um if you do I and I have, I have had some people who have come to multiple shows. They're like, I was at this show. Do you remember? I was at this show. Do you remember? I'm like, come and see me at a meet and greet every single time, which I don't expect you to. Then, you know, I don't really it's hard for me to remember because I see so many people at every single show, which I feel bad about. Human. I can barely remember what I ate two days ago. You know what I mean? 
right. Like it's a lot. It's a lot of memory retention. Do you have any topics that are 100% off limits that you just will not ever tackle? No, the only thing that, yeah, well, I mean, the only real thing is when people get a little persistent on um, wanting to know the names of my family members or or they want to see pictures, Um, they're like, don't be shy, show us a picture. I'm like, don't be weird. That's creepy. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, there's the reason why I call my roommates for, you know, it's because I, you know, some people, they do content with their whole family and that works for them. But we decided as a family that this is something that I wanted to do. And so I will do it. This is not something that the, the boys wanted to do. My husband wanted to do the only other person or whatever that you'll see in my content outside of me will most likely will be my dog nacho because it's a dog it doesn't really you know (laughs) um but that's that's about it and everybody's been pretty respectful in podcasts and stuff because they ask they're like what topics are you know off limits i'm like i i will never say my kids names and and at this point i know some people might be like what's the big deal just say it get over it no i don't have to that's my boundary and if you can't respect that then you can go so I, I use a lot of names in my comedy, my stand-up comedy, and but they're not names of people I know in real life. The stories are about people I've yeah. interactions with in real life, but the names and genders I've changed. So like you'll be like, wait, she can't be talking about me. She's talking about some guy named Nelson. It's not me, right? And it's like, yeah. did you think it was you? <laughs> Take from it what you will. If you're if you're that self-absorbed to think the story is about you, then by right, exactly. <laughs> Sure. The people, the people who, who know me again before social media, and they're like, "Oh my God, that was story was about this person, wasn't it?" And I'm like, "Well, you were there, so you should know." <laughs> Not confirming nor denying that uh, that information. What advice would you give to people who have like this creative, I don't know, let's call it energy in them, and they just don't know how to start, where to start? What would you say to them? So if, if you have, if you feel like you want to create something, right, what, what makes you happy? Does it make you happy to do arts and crafts? Does it make you happy to write something like a story? Does it make you, because creating is so many different things, right? It's not just one thing. So it's, my advice is do what makes you happy. Don't cater to other people's expectations because there are 7 billion people on this planet. There is no way that you will meet everybody's expectations. There will always be somebody that is disappointed in you or thought they knew you better. You really didn't because you're just consuming what I choose to put out there. And that's not all of me. That is just 60 seconds of me that I choose to give you. And so do what you love, regardless of other people's opinions, regardless, as long as you're not hurting anybody, obviously. Don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt other people. Don't be malicious. But when you when you feel creative, do what makes you happy. So if that's like, if that's making custom journals, right, then do that. If that's that's making cards, customizing cards, birthday cards, whatever cards, do that. If it's writing a story, do that. You know, you can talk talk about your thought process and stuff like that. If it's comedy, do that. Whatever it is, just make sure that you are always happy with the outcome. So when you rewatch it. And you're like, I didn't really like that. Don't post it. That's good. That's a good self-censoring tactic as well to be like, if you're not, if you're doubt, I always think if I'm doubting it, don't do it. That's with everything, like a conversation, my work, anything. It's like, if there's doubt, I just sit on it 
and until I get the answer, then I'll, I'll act on it. Yeah. Like if you're ever questioning something, don't say it, don't do it. Yeah, right. It because if you're questioning it, right. If you're questioning it, that means it's probably not something that you really want to put out into the universe. Right. You still have that, that moment where you could just take it back and kind of delete it. Like I don't, I don't have drafts for a reason because I'm like, I'm not going to keep garbage if I don't like it. Right. Yeah. Then, then I'm just like, what happens if I'm having a lazy day and I'm like, oh, let me just post one of these. Now it's, it could be something that I wasn't happy with, but I kept it just in case. It's like, no, if I'm not happy now with this video or whatever, you're not going to be happy later with it. Just yeah. get rid of it. What are some of the life lessons that you've realized during this process of creating content? My show is, is all about what I've learned these past two years, right? Being on social media, outside of social media, I throw, I sprinkle in some like home stories because I found people love hearing about that since I don't talk about my roommates and my, my kids or anything outside of, you know, I don't talk about them on social media. So you only get to really know about them when you listen to podcast interviews or you come to my show, which I'm like, I do that on purpose because if you're, anybody can consume free content but i'm not gonna put my kids out there for free i'm not dumb right yeah. and so if if you spend money to come see me that means you want to know you want to know more about me and so i'm gonna give you yeah. you're invested now and so i will give you that you know and one of my biggest things is we have so many other bigger problems to worry about stop putting each other down regardless of what it is if you don't like what you're seeing either on your screen or in real life, do what we've been taught. Turn the other way, change the channel. Don't participate in it. You have the ability to not participate in things that make you uncomfortable unless you feel really passionate about it, right? Some people don't have the bandwidth to fight other people's battles and that's okay. I'm not asking you to, but if you can't help fight other people's battles, then you can't have an opinion on it. And a negative one at that. If you're not an advocate for black people, or, or if you're if you think that, you know, they're being dramatic or you have these negative whatever, it's like just you don't need to comment negative comments on a black creator's content, right? You don't need to comment and be like, oh my God, why is Ariel gonna be black? That's ridiculous. It's not authentic to the original story. I'm like, the original story is a fucking fairy tale. What are you doing? You know? I know you said that you haven't dealt with like a lot of negativity, which is amazing. But if you were to start encountering like trolling comments, like how do you think you would handle that? Do you have a response to that? I have. Um, I haven't encountered it as much as other creators have, but I think that is because kind of going back to what advice would I give other people who are scared to create content or don't know kind of, you know, how to do it. The other thing that I do is I re I rarely go back and read comments. Um, and that's, it's not because I don't want to engage with people who are leaving comments. It's because I don't want to go down that negative wormhole of, you know, somebody leaves a bad comment and then it gets me down and depressed. And now I'm upset. And now I have to go and live my real life with my family. And now I'm depressed. Be, all because somebody left a mean comment on a video that I don't even know. They don't even know me. And so what I do now, if I happen to see the negative comments, I will pin those comments to the top and I will let my followers, whoever's commenting, I will let them handle it. Yeah. And they do. 
they come to my defense and they're just like, you understand she's code switching. You understand she's allowed to do this. She's Indian. And if it gets to the point where it's really bad, I just, I block those people. Do you, because you have got uh, quote unquote little roommates <laughs> uh, in your life, how do you, do you worry about their use of social media? Do you worry about them like seeing anything that you've done? My 16 year old, so I have a 16 year old and a nine year old and my 16 year old, he's in high school. He probably knows more, more about sex than I do. So no, I, I'm not. He's a very responsible uh, young adult. I mean, we've made sure that he knows right from wrong, you know, kind of all that stuff. We crossed all, all the check boxes that we can while we were, you know, raising him and stuff. And and we check in once in a while, like, hey, how's it going? How's school going? You know, you're still, you know, no bullying, nothing like that, right? And especially now, because I know that some of my friends in town, they might share some of my stuff with their kids and their kids are friends with my kid and they're in high school. And so I'm like, does anybody give you shit for, for me being who I am? And he's like, no, nobody cares. I'm like, good. I'm like, do your teachers give you shit for it? He's like, mm, I don't think they realize that you're my mom. And I do that on purpose because I make my husband go to the meetings at school, especially in high school, because I don't want those high school teachers to judge him based on the content I put out. I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not saying anything wrong, but people are judging. That's one of, of the yeah. faults of human beings is we, we are quick to judge and we don't, we don't care. Um, and I don't, the last thing I want for him, the 16 year old is to have to go through that because he's, he just has an asshole teacher who just doesn't have a sense of humor. My younger son they kind of know because, again, heavily involved in the PTA at the elementary school level. And so I have been to some meetings recently and, and you know, there was a lot of sightings in the wild is what we call it. Like when I get recognized by fans out in the wild. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and and yeah. it just, it blows my mind because I'm like, what? Okay. Because what you see right now on your screen is what you see in my content like i don't use I'm, i use like maybe one filter it's called sunny or something so i don't look so pale and washed out <laughs> I, know. I try not to use like a million filters because i'm like well i i want to be as honest with my audience as i can be right i don't want them to see something fake um and then which is also it's kind of nice because when i'm on stage i do have makeup on i clean up really well like my my messy bun is a nice messy bun right it's not like fuzzy yeah and they're just like oh my god she looks amazing and i'm like i know right it's so cute yeah. <laughs> i've always said i'm the opposite of celebrities you know how like when those those celebrity magazines are like oh my god christina aguilera she went grocery shopping and that's what she looks like it's like do you think she wears full-on makeup all day every she's not a kardashian she does leave her house looking like shit like the rest of us yeah, as she is. should yeah of course as she should you know and so it's like i'm the opposite right so you see me every day with looking like this and and i literally i just i think i put touched up my eyeliner that's all i did um and because it makes me feel pretty that's why i do the eyeliner right but like yeah. And then you see me in the wild and I look the same, but then when I'm actually made up, like when I go to a party or something, like people have to do a double take. Cause like, wait, are you that, are you that Indian woman that wears crowns? I'm like, how am I brand? And they're like, oh my God. I go, yes. I was, I was like, yes. I was like, how am I going to get her to say that without like prompting her? And I just did it. I just did it. I'm completely different. Right. And so they get shocked when I'm like put to, they're like, oh my God, you were so cute. 
or whatever they want. I'm like, I know I clean up well, but it takes a long time. I'm not, I don't want to do that. I have to sleep. The, my thing is, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it my way. I'm not going to do it the way that everybody says it needs to be done or how it's been done in the past, because let's face it, how it's been done in the past has not done anybody any good. Yeah. It has not helped anybody with their self-confidence. It has not helped anybody with, you know, do they, do they feel comfortable with their bodies and how they look? And it hasn't. Um, I know that from personal experience, right? And so my goal has always been from the beginning to show all the little brown girls out there, all the ones that were like me growing up in the 80s and 90s who Let's face it, in the 90s, there's no way I could have been famous. There's no way I could have been in movies. They would not have allowed it, not in shows, nothing. And so if it can happen now, why not? I'm not dying anytime soon, right? Yeah. Um, if, it can, if, if I can show all the little Indian girls and, and boys, whoever out there, and let's face it, Indian chicks my age, they come to shows and they're like, oh my God, I love it. I understood everything you said. My mom is the same way from Indian women to Mexican women to Jewish women to Pol like all of them. They all are like, my mom's the same exact way. And I didn't know that. But if, if I'm, I'm that voice that lets them be like, no, man, she's doing it. She's, um, they need to see a fellow brown person on their yeah. screen who's being successful because yeah. it's, it's, it's time to kind of let other people into the limelight. And so I'm hoping I can show them that. Be like, you could do it too. What I really like about you too is, you know, we are talking about, you know, I guess breaking like stereotype molds to a degree, but, you know, like you get to a certain age and it's kind of like mums and it's like, what content are they putting on social media? It's like cooking and look at hacks for clean. It's like, no, I'm more than that. I can be more than that. I've got a fun aspect. Yes. And that's the thing, like in other, po in earlier podcasts, like, you know, cause I call this my vagina cave, right? People know it. I say it all the time. On, on TV, I say glam cave. I have a PC term, but normally podcasts, it's okay to say vagina. And I don't know why it's not okay to say vagina on TV. It's an vagina anatomy. Is just a, yeah. It's an anatomy. I'm not saying anything dirty about it. Yeah. And, and they asked me, they've asked me in previous, but like, why, why do you call it your vagina cave? And I'm like, listen, the only thing that me, a mom, a career woman, a content creator, a crafter, because we, we could see all the craft stuff I have, <laughs> have in common is a vagina. Therefore, it's a vagina cave. This is not my mom cave. I don't do mom shit in here. Yeah. This is my relaxing cave. This is where I come to get away from everybody and they know, okay, mom needs a couple, couple hours to herself. This is where I can come and just be myself. And that's yeah. all that really matters. Yeah, and Just connect be yourself. When they yes. say that you know the creativity is like you know is is such a feminine energy and feminine aspect, and I feel like you don't want to lose that just because life things get in the way. It's really important to take that time to connect yeah. back into the things that you love doing. I just had a great thought when you were talking about craft. It's like, what if you did craft and comedy sessions? Like you could make craft. Well, I used to, so before, like when we first started, when we first made this office, it was during the pandemic. I had all my craft stuff in shoe boxes in the office upstairs. And so every time I wanted to craft, I had to take everything out, put it all back. So I never really did it. But then I came down here, I organized everything. It was a lot more organized than it is now. Um, and I started making custom notebooks so people would send me what designs they like 
and I would I have like a lot of scrapbook paper and I would I would make custom notebooks with all the different scrapbooking paper, make folders, make like hidden paper clips and I love crafting. I just don't have time to do it anymore. Yeah. So I would love to like set up a camera up here that can pan down and watch me work while I just talk about whatever BS is on my mind, but it just hasn't I haven't gotten to there yet. So yeah. I would love to do it someday. We'll Ooh, see if it happens. Pipeline, stay tuned, watch this space. But um, I mean, like that's the other message that I try to give in my shows. It's listen, I get it. We are so busy being parents and managing other people's expectations of us. But at the end of the day, you are more than a mom. If 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 you love being a mom, that's great. But you have to be honest with yourself. Do you actually love it or are you forcing yourself to love it? right like and and people are so scared of saying that they don't love being a mom and i'm like why not you're not gonna love every you're not gonna love something 100 percent of the time you absolutely cannot that doesn't mean like you you can love it but you're not gonna like it right and it's okay it's okay to not like something once in a while i tell my nine-year-old that i'm like listen buddy i love you right now but i do not like you because you are not being reasonable it is bedtime and you have to go to sleep Otherwise, you will not get up in the morning. He's okay with that. So if a nine-year-old can understand that, how come 40-year-old women can't understand that? More than your children. Like, if you make your whole persona your children, what are you going to do when your kids turn 18 and they go to college and they move out? It's an identity attachment, isn't it? Like, But also, it's there's also the reverse like stigma of that too and it's like it's okay for me to be like, I don't think I'd be a good mom. I think from my life experiences... No. I don't think my mental health would really, that's okay. But it takes a big person. It takes a big person to admit that and not to cave into society's expectations of that. Because that's another thing that society just expects from us, especially South Asian women. It's like, oh, well, you're done with college. So now you have to get married and have kids. I'm like, who said? Yeah. Who said? we have to get married and have kids why don't you let these girls now that they can have jobs have careers have their own money why don't you let them explore the world go see all of these countries that we've only read about because we weren't allowed to because we didn't go on family vacations you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. let let them let them be a hundred percent ready to commit to somebody without being pressured from outside people. I mean, obviously mental health changes from day to day, right? You can't always be up. And especially when you're doing comedy, I've often wondered how you can maintain that. Like, are there days when you're just like, I just feel like shit and you still have to perform? So what tactics or techniques do you use to to get through that? So last, this this happened twice during this whole entire year. Last week, um, I go to bed on Wednesday Wednesday night, I went to bed and my throat was hurting. I was like, in the week, days before, I was like telling my husband, oh, my body hurts just like I have a cold, but I don't have a cold. I don't know what's going on. And I should have known. But again, when it comes to yourself as a mom, you don't pay attention. But when your kid says, my throat hurts, you're like, give you all the medicine. <laughs> when it comes to yourself, you're like, I'll tough it out. It's fine. It's probably nothing. And so by the time Wednesday night rolled around, I was like, shit, I have a sinus infection. So I, I had two shows on Friday, two shows on Saturday, and then I had to fly from Utah to San Diego and do two shows on Sunday. So this was the first weekend where I had six shows in three days. And by the time we got to Utah at, uh, I think it was like 12.30 a.m. Friday last week, I was exhausted. 
I was hopped up on sinus medication because it was a severe sinus infection, blowing my nose. I was disgusted with myself. I was exhausted. I didn't, I just wanted to crawl in bed and call out and have a sick day. But you can't have a sick day when you're in entertainment. I, you know, I took as much medicine on Friday. Luckily, the show was at seven. I just, you know, between all the Gatorade, emergency medicine, I was like, no, these people need you. These people paid for tickets and you're going to go out there. You're going to put your big girl panties on and you're going to give them the best show of your fucking life. Even if it kills you and even if you're exhausted by the end of that second show, you're going to do it. So I did. I normally don't, um, I don't drink any alcohol before the show. And I don't drink caffeine before the show just because I don't want to be jittery on stage. But I was like, I need something. And so I had a Diet Coke before each show just to like give me that caffeine boost. And I, I did it because I was like, no, these people love you and you're going to give them somebody that they love. And that is my motivator. It's the fact that people are willing to spend money to see me on stage. That's That's the only motivation I need. And as far as content goes, like when I'm at home, I make a lot of content when I'm at home and I bank it and so yeah. that when I'm traveling, I can just post at least one or two a day. I try to post three to four, three to five a day when I'm at home, if I can, if I'm not crazy running around. But when I'm on the road, I try to at least do one or two. And if if it doesn't happen, then I, I, I take something from a year ago that was funny and I repost. It's my content. I can do that, you know? Yeah. Um, but the important thing is, again, kind of number three, and if you're going to, if you're going to go on this journey of creating content, become a content creator is you need to take breaks and, and don't publicize your taking breaks. Just take the break. You don't need to say it. Just like when people are like, but I'm a nice person. It's like, well, if you have to announce it, are you really nice? Probably not. Just go and take the break take a day off. If it's a weekend, take the weekend off, no posting, nothing, because that will help you recharge. It will help you just put it all into perspective because at the end of the day, that's always going to be there for you, but your family won't, your friends won't, if you keep putting them off because you're always trying to do content. Yeah. And then you'll get burnout and then it's a mental health cycle and around we go. Yes. But and the thing is like when it, when it comes to this new world that I found myself in, try not to take it too seriously in that if I post a video and the views are not as great, I don't let it kill me because I'm like, all right, whatever. It is what it is, right? Like I know it's funny if I'm not getting the views or if it's like, hmm, this is not normal for me. I'll take it down and repost it the next day. Maybe it'll do better the next day. Nine out of 10, it does. But you can't get too hung up on the views and the likes and the yeah. comments. And it can, it can become all consuming. And yeah. I've seen it happen to people. And I'm like, I gotta, I gotta keep this hundred percent for the people that are living in my house because they need this per this brain to be a hundred percent and not get hung up on, on at the end of the day, strangers. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that in a bad way, but we all have to understand at the end of the day, we are strangers to each other, unless we make that effort to become friends outside of the app. Right. Just because you see me every day, every day, that does not mean that I see you every day, right? And I have creators I follow and I don't ever assume that they're gonna like my comment or or they're even gonna see my comment because again, they have all these millions of followers, even if they just have 500,000 or 100,000, that's a lot of notifications to go through. Yeah. And, and you should never sit there and spend 
like three or four hours going through people's comments. And if you feel like you, that's what you need to do, that's great. But at the moment it becomes a task rather than something enjoyable. That's when you have to take a step back and be like, let's reevaluate this. Let's take a break. I love being creative. I think it's one of the biggest like combative things to mental health. Um, If I'm not creating, I'm like, well, I usually find myself in some type of uh, depressive slump and I get quite introverted and I'll just hermit and I won't do anything. Something that I love about a lot of comedians, bands, creative people is how they use their time and how they connect with their fans beyond social media. So do you want to talk a little bit about how you have included that? You know what, when I went to concerts, I would have loved to be able to go and get a picture with the person I went to go see the concert. Like, I like I love Ed Sheeran, okay? Love, love Ed Sheeran. If he, I, I told my team, I was like, I know, I was like, the moment, I told my team, the moment he gets his ass here in America and he's in Chicago, I want VIP meet and greet tickets. I don't care what you have to do. This is my, this is my world series. This is my, like, (laughs) this is my, like, I will pay to go because that is like, I want to see him live. And if I spend all this money to go see him live and I can't even get a picture with him, I would be so upset, like so upset. And so, and I know I'm not at that level, like of, of Ed Sheeran, but I just, I, I, but I, I tend to put myself in that situation and it's like, okay, well, when I go to concerts, I would love to get a picture. So let's have that option. And and I spend, I give, I try to give people at least 30 to 45 seconds. They can talk to me, they can hug me, they can whatever, yeah. uh, you know, and, and then we get a picture. But like some people, they, they're like, you saved me during the pandemic. Your content yes. Yes. kept me going. Your content help me during chemo your content this your content and i'm just like or they'll start crying because they don't know they don't know what to say to me and i'm like girl you don't have to cry i put my bra on one boob at a time just like you like (laughs) i am i'm just like you maybe crazy because i'm putting myself out there for people to judge me but don't put me on a pedestal i'm just like you guys i do not put me on because I don't like there's a reason why I insist on going to Walmart with a messy bun and leisure wear because I I don't fucking care. Yeah. Like and I don't I don't want people to like I, I love it and I, I just I don't want them to cry and I know it's happy tears, I get it, but it's just very like, oh my god, you're saying I saved you from certain stuff? Like that's that's a lot. Yeah. And so I think I think it's really really beautiful sentiment when bands do that because yeah you know with social media the distance has become greater and greater and greater you're on a screen you're on spotify concerts were shut down obviously for that two years i mean i go to live music as much as i can it's also just a nice way of gratitude i mean sure there's always going to be the crazy fans you know um there are some (laughs) you know unfortunately but i think most people are generally just really grateful to be like you've inspired me your art has helped me and i think people really more than anything just want to be seen heard validated and then in turn tell other people that that's that's the impact they've had on them. I think that's a really beautiful thing. Like I, I love doing the meet and greets at the end because then it's like you know it, I get to I get to actually talk to the people that have supported me. You know that are supporting me. Yeah. And and like I said, I try to give them as much time as I can. Roughly, it ends up being like thirty to forty-five seconds a person. It ends up being like a hundred people. 
So that's like, I got to get through a hundred people within half an hour. So it's like, I'm trying to find a good balance, you know, of not rushing you, but also like rushing you, you know, like find that yeah. balance. And, and I just, again, like, you know, if, if I ever get to that point and I can't take a picture with Ed Sharon, I'm, I'm going to be like, what the, I just spent like thousands of dollars on it. I'm sure he'll tour the US. I hope so. No, but with my luck, he will be in Chicago when I'm somewhere else touring next year. <laughs> like, oh. that's probably what will happen. Yeah. What's your favorite Ed Sheeran song? Old song. It's from one of his earlier albums. It's um, I Don't Need You, But You Need Me, something to that effect. Um, and it's just, it's about, he made, he wrote that song after um, he was trying to like get his music out there in the UK, I believe. And people were just telling him that he just doesn't have the look. He just, he just doesn't have it. Cause you yeah. know, he's like, he's a short, he's a short turmeric guy, you know, he's, he's turmeric. Um, and so <laughs> they were just, they were trying to change him and to fit this mold of what a yeah. pop singer was at the time. And he's like, no, you need me. I don't need you. And, <laughs> and, and every time I hear it, I'm like, and, and that's kind of what rolls in my head all the time. Like, I don't, if, if this were ever to shut down, would I be upset? Obviously, because I love touring. I love making all these people laugh. I would maybe just continue making content, right? YouTube has been out forever. So if TikTok goes away, there's Instagram. If Instagram goes yeah. away, there's Facebook. If Facebook goes away, there's YouTube. There's always going to be some social media platform. I don't think we can ever get rid of social media. Um, so maybe I'll end up doing that. But at the end of the day, you need me. I don't need you. I just wanted to thank you so much. I've had such a really nice time talking with you. Me Learning too. All it was excellent. No, this was this was a good conversation. I had fun. Yeah, yeah, it was good. yeah. I really look forward to seeing what content. I really hope you can come to Australia one day. I know. I hope so. Someone's gonna have to save me from those big ass spiders you have, though. I don't. I'm terrified of the little spiders in my vagina cave. You guys have like big ones as big as my head. I don't know about that. Well, we have we have huntsmen. They're kind of like big, but they're harmless. It's like the little the little red backy ones that I won't go into. It'll traumatize you. <laughs> it's your nighttime. Look, we'll definitely post your dates if you're in the US for some of my listeners. You can check her out and yeah, yeah. stay tuned for what's up and about. So thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, we're working on next year's tour. We have half the year figured out already or we're working on the rest of the year i think we're doing more dates in canada i think i might be doing one in the uk to see how i do just yes if, um, hopefully i just the fact that i have two shows in canada in december like i i never even dreamed i'd be famous and now i'm going to be an international comedian that's like oh, maybe i'll find an australian crown i don't know what we've got in terms of i mean maybe i could make one I don't know. Oh gosh, yes, that would be amazing. Like a koala kangaroo, like we could do. Don't get. I'm very creative. Who knows what I could come up with? So I mean, I I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, expectation <laughs> bar set. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye.